Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. Good morning. It's Thursday, September 22nd. Welcome to the podcast sponsored by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation, the makers of Lecvio and Clizerin. It's Stat Nerd Thursday, baby. You know what that means. The great Dalton Del Don is here, and we have a whole host of things to get to in today's show. But first, Dalton, we have to dive into the news, and I moved this up to the top because we do need to get your thoughts. The, the, are, 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 how are you feeling, man? I, I, I know I asked you this when we talked earlier today. Like, how you doing, buddy? Not realizing that, oh, right, he's got still got the damn Trey Lance picture behind him. So, Dalton, the 49ers issued a statement that Trey Lance underwent a successful operation on his fractured ankle. You may now issue a statement on the state of your feelings. Yeah, where do I begin? I'm still sick, sick to my stomach days later, ready to wake up from, tell me this is a nightmare, man. Uh, yeah, you said I commissioned this painting behind me. I switched my Twitter avatar, drafted him on nearly every fantasy team or season ticket holders. Uh, I've really never seen a player kind of scrutinize like Lance. So I just became like part of my family rooting for him. And man, uh, it's obviously heartbreaking, really sad. I'm a I'm a grown man and shouldn't be so so uh, upset over over an injury. But man, Trey Lance has started four and fin- started and finished four games now since 2019, I believe. Uh, and uh, when the summer began, he was 21 years old. Kenny Pickett's 24 years old. Uh, he began as an unknown and he remains it. It sucks for 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 obviously. Lance and uh yeah sucks for for myself and I'm still recovering dude it it I'm I'm devastated yeah I I get it man it really is terrible for the kid I I feel so bad for him and I just like we're kind of in the wilderness already with with Trey Lance because because we have like I will talk about it a lot in in the off season I, I I'm sure obviously like this will probably be the last time Trey Lance is really talked about in depth on on this show until the season's over whenever it ends for the Niners at, at this point because I still think they can make a I guess it's still going to have a good year. It's still going to be a fun team, I think, to to watch and root for. And we're going to talk about these guys here in a second. But like, where I have just I'm willing to believe anything now with Lance, like, and what happens with this whole uh, with this whole situation. So we'll see. And it really does suck. But in the meantime, Jimmy G is back. 
The 49ers have worked out, you know, quarterbacks like A.J. McCarron, Garrett, Garrett Gilbert, Mike freaking Glennon, like goofball central. They did that on Tuesday. But they're also like they're dealing with injuries, too, in the backfield. Rookie running back Tyrion Davis Price has a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for a bit. You know, Marlon Mack is signed to the active roster. I mean, we know high ankle sprains can be absolute like season killers um, for guys, especially running back position, wide receiver position, et cetera. So Dalton, I mean, at least that, Hey, that's a consistent theme. 49ers running backs are hurt. What a, what a, what a twist. So for 49ers, they catch a huge break how the Jimmy G situation played out. He was as good as gone. He'd even said his goodbyes, but having him back, the, the Niners odds increased to win the Super Bowl after this week. You know, some treated that as a shot at Lance, but they looked really good and won a game. And that's what happens in season long odds. But I mean, their defensive Pufunga and Kinlaw and, and Aaron Banks develop at guard. I mean, this team looks pretty loaded otherwise uh, on their roster in a wide open NFC. So as a Niners fan, I mean, it's just so fortunate that Jimmy G returned. Um, but fantasy, I, I just because Lance was such an unknown, I don't know if it's I'm not going to make any definitive. It's good for Ayuk or 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 Debo. The running backs just might be a problem for fantasy terms. I mean, I, yeah. I, I like Wilson and he's going to get some touchdowns, but um, man, the, the running backs just might not be very good. I mean, Jordan Mason easily had more juice uh, than Davis Price, and I thought he was going to get the first crack, but I guess draft capital trumped that. But and you look at Mason's player profiler and his workout metrics are, are not exciting to say the least. But I still think Mason should be absolutely rostered in all fantasy leagues, but um, this might just be a committee that doesn't help fantasy managers much. And and last year, if it was any any indication, the, the running back as a whole, they gained a full yard per carry when Lance was on the field compared to when Jimmy G was. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel a little bit better about Jeff Wilson today than I probably did going into week two, just because Trey Lance not going to be around to siphon goal line work off, even though Jimmy G did rush for a touchdown and Tyrion mm -hmm. Davis price being removed from the equation. Like they did give him a good bit of burn uh, in week two. So I feel like Jeff Wilson's actually in a pretty decent spot. Like I, I think I feel better about him. So if you did pick him up off waivers, I feel like you've got yourself a, I don't know, like a low end RB two, which, Hey, nobody's can be thumbing their nose at an RB two at this point. And, but we do know that Debo is going to continue to get like, a lot of rushing work. Frankly, I just think this offense is going to look an awful lot like it did in the back half of 2021. Like again, whether you want to say it's good or bad for the pass catchers, I think is a totally different, you know, question, but at least it's a known like commodity of what we've got here with Jimmy G and we know how this offense looks. And I, I like Trey Lance. I was a big, big Trey Lance guy and like really rooting for him. Not nearly as much as, as you were, but I was excited by the idea of Trey Lance, but there's no denying that, it was the Seahawks, obviously, you know, that, that's a caveat to include here, but the offense just looked like it functioned smoother with Jimmy G back in there because it's just like putting on an old pair of shorts, really. Just the Lance thing real quick. I just can't believe how this the week one he has to play in a monsoon. It's a 10-day yeah. forecast in the Bay Area in week two, and the only three-hour window it rains is during that Niner game, and he has to play without George Kittle versus both, and then he immediately suffers a season-ending injury, and I don't know what tendon disruption means, but I hope he's able to recover. Some reports saying he might even be ready by the end of the regular season, but man, I just hope it's not some injury that you know affects his running ability the rest of his career. But I'm with you on Wilson. He can also receive, and he should be the goal line back there, and Garoppolo was actually attacking deeper levels of the field and there's some there's some thought you know there's an athletic article that Garoppolo when he first took over that first year in San Francisco he was totally different than he had become yeah. the last couple seasons and he did attack deeper down the field maybe the shoulder surgery is part of this equation I don't know but that's why I said I'm not making any declarative statements here if this is good or bad for the past pass catchers here but yeah I mean there's definitely a world in which it's great news for them and Garoppolo starts throwing downfield more I agree with you man and I think 
you can't say enough for mindset about with players. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a chance that Garoppolo just comes in here and, you know, says like F it and really just lays it all out. Cause like he has nothing, nothing to lose and really everything to gain at this point by this opportunity for his career going forward. Cause he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. I mean, there's a chance that he, if he has a great season leads to 49, I mean, it could get complicated in San Francisco, like what they're going to do at the quarterback position, but either way, like he's set up now to really take his career to another level. So I think it, I, that's why like, watching him throw the ball down the field in week two is like yeah this could there's a chance this could be really interesting here for for jimmy g but um unless you got anything else in the niners we can move to the rest of the news before we uh before we jump into our stats that's all just get well soon lance it sucks yeah the locker room absolutely loves jimmy g and they're, yeah, they're that, ready to that's move forward, true but uh yeah but that, yeah, that was I'm, apparent I'm, yeah for sure no i i, I just I'm, I'm sad yeah that's all i got all right, well, let's bring dalton's mood up here by talking about another um strange operation in the dallas cowboys couple of notes here for them. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones says that Dalton Schultz knee injury could keep him sidelined for only one week. Oh, wow. What a shock. Jerry Jones is optimistic about somebody's injury and giving them an aggressive timeline to return. Speaking of which, Michael Gallup, who obviously laughed off the fact that he was going to be ready in week one, quote, appears to be on track for some reps in week three against the Giants. Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy said that Gallup is going to see a full slate of practice reps this week. Mike, they need Michael Gallup, like period. I think at this point, I, I think CD Lamb, like the disaster scenario that could have come for CD Lamb season, I think I'm I'm feeling fine about that actually not being true at this point. Like I actually think he's still, I think he's still like a back half wide receiver one CD Lamb going forward because Cooper Rush isn't like absolute trash, and if the offense gets Michael Gallup back, now they're you know they've got. I think I love Gallup. I think it's a great player. Even if he's not hundred percent right now, he's a great player. Noah Brown shows some things in week two. CeeDee Lamb's rocking and rolling. Dalton Schultz maybe back earlier than usual. Maybe Cowboys panic was a little um a little too early. Dude, I can't get away from this. The draft picks for Lance turned into Micah Parsons and Cole Strange. <laughs> Parsons, is he having an okay season? Sorry. All right, enough, enough of that. But yes. Oh man. Um yeah, that that nice upset last week when everyone just thought that Cincinnati was gonna gonna roll. But yeah, their defense is looking good. Yeah, stash Gallup if you can. Uh, uh, encouraging news on Prescott and and Cooper Rush absolutely looked uh, competent. So CD Lamb should be in, in 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 lineups with this more of a wide receiver three flex type expectation. But man, you can't deny those targets. What about Pollard? Just I mean, at what point though does that I mean actually become uh, uh, an actual volume flippany? Never, it's still never. I think I saw I was reading Andy Barron's uh, stat tracker um, in uh, his article today. And I think he wrote in there that Zeke Elliott's been credited with just one broken tackle all year. Uh, um, he, Zeke looked all right in week one. But I mean, yeah, dude, Pollard's just got juice. And like the, the role that I thought Pollard would have did not exist in week one. And I mean, he's never going to line like he's never going to line up as a team slot receiver. OK, like anytime a quarterback, <laughs> anytime a team says that, like th that that's never going to happen. But um, he did have a pretty key pass catching role. So I think there, I don't know. I do think there is a chance that it happens more towards like the longer the season goes on. But, you know, with Dallas, you can never be too sure. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, I definitely think Gallup is a great stash right now. All right, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, my God, Cliff Kingsbury, enough already. Said James Conner is day-to-day -day with his ankle injury. Um, I added Daryl Williams in a couple of leagues just because he got a good bit of burn after Conner um, went out. But I'm not really banking on any of these backs to be like season savers or anything. Uh, and this was rather encouraging news on James Conner, who has like 
has a long injury history, but also has a long history of gutting it out through injuries as well. Yeah, I was hoping Eno Benjamin would become the clear guy if Connor were to get hurt, stashed in places. But I guess the first clue would should have been when Arizona kept five running backs on its roster. It looks like Daryl Williams and Benjamin would be an even split if Connor were out, which so that you know just kills both their values. So um, yeah, you can stash them in deeper leagues, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like there's a big fantasy winner if Connor's unable to return. And hopefully, Connor can return because he was being treated like a true workhorse, you know, oh, yeah. when he's been on the field this season, and absolutely could be a top fifteen fantasy back if healthy. Yeah, absolutely. We hope he is back at, uh, there sooner or later. Some Bucks news here. The NFL upheld a one-game suspension for Mike Evans. No kidding. Of course that was going to happen. Um, the Bucks also signed wide receiver Cole Beasley to the team's practice squad. Um, Dalton, I, I primarily put this on the outline because I want to have a conversation about the damn uh, Bucks and the passing game. Like I have, I took Brady as my quarterback, like in a in a one QB league in a couple of spots. And dude, I like don't I don't want to start Tom Brady at all right now. Um the Bucks well, passing offense has been completely banged up. It's been completely disappointing so far through a couple of games. We know the offensive line also has injuries too. So I don't know where are you at with, with Tampa Bay? I'm still excited about Mike Evans when when he's playing, but he's not gonna play this week. So potentially tough matchup against Green Bay as well. I do not feel great like if Tom Brady is and he is like my one QB in a, in a one QB league. I, I feel pretty um, like I'm, I'm looking for an alternative right now at this point. Yeah, I have him outside my top 12 this week. Uh, if you have a guy like Mariota, you could even talk yourself into. They're down their third. Wait, Wells went on the IR. They're down to their third left tackle. I thought Russell Gage was going to be productive in this system, but I think he's clearly just not right physically yeah. to go along with the rest of their receiving core. So um, I, I think Uncle Lenny Fournette is going to get all the touches this week. Oh, and he yeah. promised uh, promised touchdowns are coming too on Twitter. <laughs> so I like him in this matchup, but I think it's going to be there. The Bucks are just going to win with defense and be low scoring games throughout the season. And that's just going to be mostly bad news for, for fantasy players. But yeah, when, when Evans is back, you know, I, I worried about the the target share with you, but before when he was on the field, you know that, that game without Godwin, it jumped way up. So yeah, he's going to be productive. He's looking at, he's really missing time in which he could be really productive without Godwin yeah. in a banged up Julio and Gage. Yeah, um, it looked like you were going to get, or I was going to get an edge with Gabe Davis missing uh, Monday Night Football in our Gabe Davis versus Mike Evans lunch bet, and now we both lose. I mean, honestly, Evans ended up losing a game in a damn half, basically, uh, with that fight with Marshawn Lattimore. So. Hi, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be. But who gets hurt in a walkthrough? Come on. I mean, what <laughs> happened with Davis? I mean, I don't even know. I hope that's not serious, but man, weird. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if he can suit up uh, here in week three. Man, Steph Diggs, dude, how how awesome was that? Uh, that was electric. What a guy. He's him and him and Josh Allen. I think have taken their game to another level. Like watching that game back on. I know we talked about it with Austin yesterday on Eckler's Edge, but I feel like those two have taken their game to another level after going back and rewatching that game. Like they uh, they have that mind meld now that. I'm actually tempted to move Diggs ahead of Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver, too, for the rest of the season. But obviously, a three-touchdown performance. Some of that it was because um, Gabe Davis was not there. Guess how many regular season wins in a row the Bills have won by double digits in the regular season wins. I'm not trying to trick you here. Regular season wins in a row have been by double digits. Well, I mean, obviously, it's five? 20. Tw wait, really? 20. 20 their last 20 wins in the regular season have been by double digits dude is that not wild i, I mean go check the math go check the math i saw the tweet and i i went and i looked at I, maybe i missed something too but that yes i mean isn't that wild how many games did they win last year there, was yeah, it, uh, I, 
I don't, they're either I don't winning remember, or they're, but... I mean, they're, they're losing or they're winning by double digits, <laughs> apparently the last year and a half. Or, Cause that's, yeah, that's, I know, man, they, I mean, they're given, they're, they're playing on a short week <laughs> and they're laying six and it spreads like up to six and a half some places, you know, against my undefeated Miami team. And I'm like, yeah, but Miami's going to, I can see why you'd want to lay the points. It's wild. Yeah. Buffalo looks amazing. Them and the chiefs just look like two in, in separate classes, right? Or maybe you could even argue the bills are in a separate class, maybe the best uh, yeah. defense in the league too. So I guess you could. Uh, that's what I, I would argue that. And I mean, just from an offensive perspective, I, I think the Chiefs offense is good. They have Mahomes. They'll be fine. But like, I mean, dude, they got MVS out there running wind sprints, yeah. you know, as their number one wide receiver. And the Bills have Stefan Diggs as their number one wide receiver. Yeah, they like, just I killed think. the team that won the Super Bowl and the team that was number one seed, too, by a, a crazy outscored him by a crazy amount. Yeah. Talk about just playing a different sport it's like whatever the titans are doing and whatever the bills are doing that's two different sports as far as i'm concerned so uh yeah i, I do agree that they're i think they're like a tier to themselves right now buffalo which nobody's surprised about that they were pretty much everybody's super bowl pick um to bring it back to the tom brady thing would you rather start Tua against the bills this week or tom brady I know Bill's defense is tough and they've been very rough against fantasy QBs, but I have two comfortably ahead of them. I have them as my 10th because that's the highest over under by far. It's like 54. Yeah. That's going to push so much. They're the top. Both of those teams are in the top three and pass rate over expectation too. So maybe it will come with some turnovers or something and sacks, but yeah, Tua with the volume again, with those two receivers, apparently he worked on that arm strength in the off season. I mean, yeah, man, he, he look he's looking great. I have two in my top 10 easily Tua from you over Brady easily. Those are going to be two totally different games. One's going to be a slugfest, low scoring. The other's going to be, hopefully, you know, a video game. All right. Making a lineup change right now after Dalton said that. So that is good. That was definitely not just a personal question for me. Uh, no, but I, I agree with you, man. Even if the Bills defense is awesome and they've, you know, knocked around two really good teams here. I still think the Titans are a good team. They might not. Well. I don't know. There's a lot of questions about the Titans right now, but uh, yeah, Tannehill's on off splits with AJ Brown are ugly for what it's worth. I do think Traylon Burks is sneakily going to be super productive down the stretch, but, but yeah, Tannehill's on off splits with AJ Brown are, are downright scary. Yeah. Very scary. Uh, which makes sense. AJ Brown's a really good receiver. I, I still think like Mike Vrabel probably looks in the mirror at, at, like every, every night before he goes to bed and he's just like, Damn it, John Robinson. Like, because he, you know, what did he say? Like, as long as I'm the head coach of the Titans, AJ Brown will be on the Tennessee Titans. And like a week later, they trade him. I'm sure Mike Vrabel is still pissed about that. But, um, you know, everybody's got secrets in their heart of hearts. And I th certainly think that's Mike Vrabel's. But I, yeah, I, you just, it's just really hard to defend the Dolphins right now. So I, I agree. I'm, I'm going, I'm going to uh, over Brady. Um, like I said, that was a personal question. So um, moving on here to I think this is the last thing we can hit on in news before we move to the stats here. Speaking on Monday, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh referred to running back J.K. Dobbins as week to week. I, I said this a lot this offseason that this whole idea that the Ravens were going to become a run heavy team again, they were going to go back to their grinded out roots was, you know, absolute BS because their running backs weren't healthy. When when are we even going to see J.K. Dobbins, who like certainly, you know, and hey, J.K., do, do what you got to do, man. But like he he was pretty aggressive on like social media refuting the reports that, you know, the negative reports about his health. But I mean, if, he, if he's still considered week to week, like, I mean, we might not see him until like week four or five at this point. And at that point, I, I think the Ravens probably stay as a pass leaning team because their pass offense looks awesome right now. 
Well, Dobbins came out and said his injury was far more serious than was revealed. I guess he also tore his hamstring, meniscus, LCL, or basically every single part of his oh, knee, yeah. it sounded like. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then there were rumors that he might have suffered a setback. So, yeah, this is frustrating. I don't think you can rely on a fantasy running back for Baltimore for the foreseeable future. I, I wouldn't plan on it for the next month or so. My guy, Justice Hill, looked like the clear best runner. But then I also saw some footage that he left a lot of yardage on the field as well. So, yeah, I would just avoid the, that situation altogether together unfortunately but thankfully for the Ravens uh, Lamar Jackson looks great and our, and our guy which we'll talk about later Bateman is uh, developing into a true number one and they don't need these running backs but it is back-to-back years they're like my 49ers the Ravens just devastated with injuries and and, and lacking any explosion at all from the running backs yeah like I uh, I think I said this with Scott a couple of weeks ago the 2022 Ravens running backs are feeling an awful lot like the 2021 Ravens yeah. running backs where you're like it's dusty dudes and and all that so um, let's actually talk Rashad Bateman right now we'll move into our stats section because he was the first guy I, I have on the list and it is worth noting as we are recording this there's a report from Jameis and Hensley that Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson is wearing a protective sleeve on his right arm in Wednesday's practice and did not throw a pass to receivers during media viewing it's Wednesday as we're, as we're taping this. So, you know, keep that in mind, like injury news is certainly not definitive, but just want to put that out there. Obviously keep that out keep that in the back of your minds, but I'm with you, man. Rashad Bateman looks incredible. I mean, he looks, I've been a big Rashad Bateman fan since before he was drafted. So that, you know, whatever, but he looks way better than he has on film at any point in 2020 or 2021 because he's 100% healthy. You know, this is something that people forget about. But, you know, in, in his final year at college in 2020, he was playing kind of more of like a big slot receiver role and was out of shape because he had a really bad case of COVID, missed, you know, missed time with all that. And obviously the, the season was a nightmare for Minnesota just because of that. And then in 2021, he got hurt in training camp and then was kind of off and on the field every now and again. But even if he had like a, some minor injury stuff this offseason, like, He's the healthiest right now. I think he's been since 2019, and he looks like a dominant X receiver. But Dalton, there are some people still out there freaking out about um, you know his playing time. 62.6 percent of the snaps through two weeks. He's only run a route on 73 percent of Lamar's dropbacks. He does have a 29 percent share of the air yards, but only 20 percent share of the targets. Um, he's really making it through efficiency right now with 16 yards after catch per reception, 16 air yards per target. So there are some people out there asking like is Rashad Bateman a sell high can I count on this efficiency holding up how do you respond to those concerns yeah as someone who I wanted to brag about only one person apparently had to look this up uh, had him ranked higher among the 200 rankers on fantasy pro than I had Bateman very much thanks to you though I, I was sold on him and don't worry I'm not just bragging we're going to get to my Elijah Moore ranking here soon um, enough yeah but me too. <laughs> but I mean the first game they had a big lead on the Jets weren't really throwing much in the second half but um yeah you'd like to see more volume but he's such a such a he just looks like the real deal um, and there's few options there. I mean, Duvernay came with those two touchdowns in week one and, um, there's really Mark Andrews competition and then it's Bateman and on a team with bad running backs. So, and Jackson looks great in a, in a contract year and maybe not even wants to run as much. So, I mean, no, 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 it's, it's wheels up and I'm not looking to, to try to trade him in fantasy leagues. I'm looking for people who are, uh, not buying this, uh, this start and worried about the volume and, and trading for him. Yeah, completely. Um, completely agree with you on that i completely agree with everything you just said and the thing the thing about 
Bateman and and this whole playing time worry is like when you actually watch the games, especially against Miami, like when they got down to the one yard line, they're all it's even when they pass the ball, it's all tight ends. There was a couple times in week one, too, where Demarcus Robinson was out there as the primary blocking receiver in like 13 personnel when they go with three tight ends on the field. Um, so I think that's why the snap rate is really low. And the, just the reality is like if they want to be a good team, they're going to get this guy on the field because he looks incredible right now. So, yeah, I, I'm not worried about uh, Rashad Bateman at all. I'm with you that I think he is a buy much more than he is a sell right now. Um, I am still I'm looking at a video now on Twitter about uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, with this like extra padding around the right elbow. So um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that would that would be not great. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. nother. Yeah. 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 So no. keep an eye. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep you up to date with the latest news and all that stuff. All right. Next set of stats here. Let's talk about some end zone target leaders. And this is where we can talk about Elijah Moore because there are four guys right now with five end zone targets. Three of them you'd expect Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Fourth one, Garrett Wilson, the rookie wide receiver from the New York Jets. Dalton, my level of panic on Elijah Moore is a stone cold zero because I think he's still an awesome player. He's run around on 94% of the dropbacks. He's getting open. I've charted both the games. I'm doing in season a lot of in season work on this right now, so I, I feel really good about Elijah Moore as a player. Not worried about that. What I do, what I can say for sure though, also is that Garrett Wilson is the real damn deal. That guy is is a is a potential star in the making for sure. All right, so I'm looking here to confirm, and I, I did indeed rank Elijah Moore the highest among the 200 plus uh, fantasy rankers entering. Where did you season. have him again? In my wide receiver 14. And his ECR was 32. Um, uh, yeah, he went some, lose some Bateman. And um, we'll talk. I was the second highest on Amon Ross St. Brown. So again, there you yeah, go. Win some, lose some. Uh, Elijah Moore. Hey, when, you take uh, swing, I, when you take big swings, baby, like that's how it's going to work. Like sometimes you, you land the guy like Amon Ross St. Brown. I, again, I don't think all hope is lost for Elijah Moore either. So I was originally down on him thinking that they drafted a, a wide receiver early. There's Corey Davis. There's uh, Barrios and Corey Davis were sneaky target hogs. There's a gigantic quarterback problem. I was not a Zach Wilson guy, but I totally fell for the preseason hype. He was out there looking like a young Antonio Brown again, and I just fell for it. But it was more to it than just that. Like guys I trust, uh, the college people. As an 18-year-old, Elijah Moore was on a team with A.J. Brown and he drew more, demanded more targets than D.K. Metcalf. He was on a team with Brown and Metcalf as an 18-year-old and he had a higher target rate than Metcalf. But it's undeniable that Garrett Wilson uh, is the real deal. On, on, on the same amount of routes to, uh, together this season, it's 21 targets to nine. It's 225 air yards to 75. The rookie, I ranked higher this week after two, two games of visual evidence. I'm, I'm put Wilson to even get in the slot work, right? So, yep. yeah, I, I think I, I, uh, I, I copped out and ranked him close together. But, yeah, man, I, I was a guy bidding 45%, 55%. And my uh, fab budget in leagues to get Wilson. I mean, the waiver wire uh, is barren this week. I mean, in the, if you're in a super flex, Jimmy G, go all out. But um, yeah, I, J Garrett Wilson looks great. I look wrong. And he, and he looks like a home run. And, and now Moore's just going to have his spike weeks, but certainly nowhere near uh, what I expected. Yeah, the spike weeks will absolutely be there. So a couple things on this um, with, with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. Number one, I, I what I really got wrong because I loved Garrett Wilson as a prospect. Like he his reception perception eval is you know off the charts 
totally green route tree guy gets open at all levels of the field. I think I said this to Andy. I was like, basically, you know how everybody gets juiced about Kadarius Tony as a player in the open field. Like Garrett Wilson is that guy in the open field, but he can actually run real NFL routes and he can make, you know, contested catches, stuff like that. So he looks like a future star, but I, I actually did think that the jets were going to bring him along slowly. Cause they brought back Braxton Berrios. They brought uh, Corey, you know, Corey Davis still in the fold. And like Elijah Morris had the role that I thought he was going to have. It's just that like Garrett Wilson has, basically pushed Braxton Berrios to the bench as the slot receiver. And so he's gotten much more playing time than I thought he would uh, to start the year. I agree with you that the biggest difference between these two guys right now is that Garrett Wilson is getting all the layup work, man. Like he's been working out of the slot. He He's getting like those quick targets, it, it, these quick targets uh, in the red zone as well in the end zone, which is why he's up here with these other guys. And Elijah Moore is running as like the pure X receiver running like deep outbreaking routes along the sideline, uh, you know, outside the numbers stuff. That's the biggest thing that I think has closed the gap for me. It's not about talent. It is about like the way these guys are deployed. One of those is going to lead to just think about it as like the coop, like what Cooper Cup does in the Rams offense, and then what Allen Robinson does in the Rams offense is the outside ISO X receiver. Like, there's a reason besides like ability and all that stuff, but there's a reason that like Matthew Stafford targets the, the hell out of Cooper Cup because he's like always open on those layup routes. That's going to be what Garrett Wilson's doing, and then Elijah Moore is going to do the you know field stretching stuff, which is going to lead to more volatile production. Will it be poetic justice, a little irony in there if Zach Wilson comes back and saves my Elijah Moore fantasy season? Because that would be the opposite of what I expected. But um, yeah, who knows if the new quarterback does you know, eventually one, yeah. re-enter the mix here. Yeah, exactly. But no question, Garrett Wilson looks uh, eye-opening. There's rook- some rookies, just um, Alave and um, Drake London. I mean, they just look like immediate, immediate fantasy and real-life impacts. Yeah, let's talk uh, Drake London here because we're going to move to the next one. The next stat I have here, top five target share wide receivers. The aforementioned Cooper Cup, the aforementioned A.J. Brown we talked about earlier. The next two guys are interesting. Obviously, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and then Drake London, number five on the list, is Stefan Diggs. Um, Amon Ross, St. Brown, let's talk about him first. Like I've pre- I've moved him now to my you know number 10 receiver rest of season. Um, sound right? Sound right to you? Oh, yeah, 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 at worst, at worst, especially in full PPR. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board. You can't deny it, man. Now, bro, tied the record for most games in a row with eight plus catches. And I mean, DeAndre Swift's not getting targeted. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, man. I mean, maybe, yes, he's right there with the elites. You could you could put him right there in that in that same tier, uh, you know, with, with the others almost. Dude, I, I like this. I, I don't want to make like another big wide ranging point here, but this archetype of wide receivers, like, we have to start paying more attention to these guys. We have to start like giving these guys more, more credit. Like I feel like everybody talked about Amon Ross St. Brown. Like here's, here's my theory, Dalton. Like if, if Amon Ross St. Brown had come out and been like, obviously if he'd been a higher draft pick, that would have helped too. But like, if he had been a guy that was, you know, running deep routes, was running, like running out as a pure X receiver, like doing more of those like traditional number one things, I feel like people probably wouldn't have gotten so in their head about like, well, all these other guys were missing stuff like that. So that's why this day three, you know, slot receiver got pummeled with targets. But it's like number one receivers now, like if you're the if you're the Jets and you love Garrett Wilson and it's clear that obviously they do and he can do he can do things that Elijah Moore can't do Garrett Wilson. Like, why would you not throw him in the slot? Why would you not throw him in this like super, you know, layup driven role? Because like as a defense 
what do you how do you take away Amon Ross St. Brown? How do you take away guys that are lining up in the slot like this? You really can't. So like for fantasy, these guys like St. Brown, even Christian Kirk to an extent, and now Garrett Wilson seems to be playing this position, they're gonna line up inside. Like these are the guys you want to draft. Like we get we have to get our heads around that at this point. Yeah, I know. St. Brown's my number six receiver this week. I looked, I mean, playing indoors with a quarterback who loves him and they're bad defense, but an awesome offensive line. I mean, it's, and, and Chark running those, like, you know, just clear out routes. It's kind of a perfect setup, frankly. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to be playing from behind in these carnival games, they're number one, by the way, in neutral pace uh, situations yeah. right right now. So, I mean, yeah, St. Brown, um, I am happy to report I was, yeah, the second highest in my draft at my wide receiver 16 entering the year. But what might have cost me is having Elijah Moore one higher if that cost me in a couple leagues making that decision uh what well, what a mistake that was hopefully in the ppr ones i went with saint brown um because this ranks for half ppr but man what a what a slot machine i mean he's just been awesome and i see zero reason for it for it to slow down i really think he's he's even getting carries i just think as you said how he's being used is just very repeatable yeah all any of these guys that are gonna you know filter into that role i think I think Sky Moore could potentially be that guy for the Chiefs at some point down the line. Like that's a guy to watch out for. Th- these are the players that we just want to make bets on, like that are that are running these type of routes, that are running these type of lay- like layup, getting layup targets, stuff like that. Yeah, and Garrett Wilson seems to be the next guy just to kind of connect those things together. DJ Chark does have four end zone targets, which is interesting. I keep forgetting that this team drafted a first round wide receiver, right? Like they've got reinforcements coming right. at some point. Who who knows when Jamison Williams is going to take the field, whatever. But yeah, the Lions are, I mean, they're like the perfect fantasy team because their defense isn't that good. Um, I mean, they'll, they made Aiden Hutchinson made some plays against Washington, whatever. But man, I, I like at some point is, is TJ Hawkinson even going to do something? I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's looking like a pretty perfect setup there in Detroit for all the fantasy options. Yeah, golf 20 bucks minimum in Yahoo DFS this week in this setup. Once again, he should be playing from behind. You know, the Vikings are going to come back and score points after that performance, too. So this is just another total carnival setup for the second half for for golf and company. Oh, you love to see it. All right, let's talk about Drake London, though. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rest of season rankings. Drake London, where are we at? Oh man. Um, well, I'm, I have him as my wide receiver 18 this week. I mean, it's, it's really hard to deny what he's doing. I mean, top five in target share, top 10 in yards per route run while facing the saints and the Rams led the league in first down target percentage last week. Uh, first down targets are worth like 20% more uh, in PPR leagues. Um, I get it. Kyle Pitts is def- eventually going to blow up. I think one of these games, but Man, I mean, I like the matchup this week, a pass funnel uh, D in Seattle. So I'm ranking them high this weekend moving forward. And I don't think I'm just chasing the stats. I mean, you look at that volume. It's hard to deny and super impressive given Atlanta's run heavy tendencies and the fact he sat out all his summer with this injury. And I didn't even return to practice until like two days before the season opener. Wow. I love the Drake, man. I mean, he, he looks awesome. Uh, Yeah. Let me tell you, I've charted his first two games, too, for reception perception. That guy is so, so good. I mean, he looks incredible. He's like he's so young too, man. That's what's crazy. Um, I really think the sky's the limit for him. I I I don't want to get like too hot takey just because Marcus Mariota's his quarterback, but like if he has a Jamar Chase type of rookie season or a Justin Jefferson type of rookie season, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I I think Mark Marcus Mariota, who like is fine for fantasy, but just I mean, my God, there's just clearly plays being left on the field there with Mariota. Um, you know, we might get Ritter at some point, which is a I don't know yes, that that's I, I don't know that that's like a, a win though for for these guys. Like I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure about Desmond Ritter. I'm, I'm hoping to be wrong about that, but I feel like I'm still a little, eh, you know, we'll see. Like rookie quarterback, third round guy. I don't know if he's going to necessarily be better than Marcus Mariota right from the jump. I do want to talk about Kyle Pitts, though, because I've got Kyle Pitts thoughts as, as it relates to Drake London, but that he is easily the guy that people are. I would probably say that, you know, the early round draft picks that, you know, aren't hurt or anything like that. I think the most fantasy panic right now has to be on Kyle Pitts. So um, where are you at with Pitts right now? First of all, I'm all that remember when Mike Williams busted out of USC. What's up with the USC receivers? I mean, St. Brown, um, even Pittman and yep. um, and London. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. Um, all right. So who, who did you ask me on about now? Kyle, Kyle Pitts. I feel like Kyle Pitts, Pitts. is, yeah, is no, the I guy meant that. Him. I probably yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, subconsciously wanted to avoid this question because, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I was in on him, hyping him again. And it's just so frustrating. Arthur Smith saying this isn't fantasy football where you're also losing in NFL football. With, I mean, it's crazy that he could figure out how to get properly use Cordero Patterson for the first coach of his career, but then he can't figure out this monster in Pitts. But I mean, Drake London is a problem for Pitts' fantasy value moving forward. He's been blocking at a much higher rate than he did his rookie year. Um, I mean, the guy is still going to be a top five fantasy tight end because if for no other reason, the position is bad. But yeah, man, where where's the volume? Come on, man. Let's let's do it. I'm tired of the excuses. He's had two very tough matchups, the first two. But yeah, I'm as tired of the excuses as anyone. And I'm you know always defending him. I mean, Pitts is is going to have some monster games. They're 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 sure to come. But in in a run first offense now with a legit wide receiver one in London, um, yeah, maybe we need to to change our expectations for this season. Yeah, there's there's a couple things here. Um, for one, Kyle Pitts has the role that we want. Like he, you're right, he's been pass blocking more, but it's not like detrimentally more. You know, I think it's it's fine from from like where where you'd want because he's because he is playing legit tight end this year. Like they're not they don't have to do because they have Drake London. They don't have to do that goofy stuff of like having him be the number one outside receiver. Kyle Pitts right now, 31.3 percent of his snaps have been out wide this year. That's like way down from what it was last year. He's been in the slot on 32 percent. Obviously, the rest of it he's been as an inline tight end or in in motion pre-snap. He does have 80 unrealized air yards, which is uh, the most on the Falcons by a pretty good gap, actually. So um, I'm just looking at unrealized air yards throughout the throughout the entire league right now. Yeah, he's I mean he's number nine right now in unrealized air yards. Uh, so there there's certainly there's the, the blow up games are going to come. The thing I I've been thinking to myself and 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 kind of. And going back and forth on here with 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 Drake London and Kyle Pitts, like everybody keeps criticizing Arthur Smith, and I think Arthur Smith deserves some criticism. Obviously, he says the fantasy football thing, and then every knucklehead on fantasy Twitter is going to come out with their pitchfork or whatever. Like, um, you know what he's trying to say there, but like, why everybody's like, you're not scheming targets to your best player? Well, he is scheming targets to his best player. The best <laughs> player is Drake London. It's not Kyle Pitts. Like, period. I think we can we can already say that. Even if Kyle Pitts is a unicorn of a tight end, he's still a tight end. Drake London is an alpha wide receiver, and I think that's why this is going to continue. Yeah, no argument here. I mean, yeah, I mean, top five in target share and in, in, in yards per route run right away against that competition. Yeah. Uh, what did I say about the quarterback? I think it's, cl I would personally way prefer this version of Mariota than a rookie taking over in the final month. I absolutely would rather this this floor of Mariota than, than an unknown rookie taking over if I'm uh, a ma fantasy manager of London or Pitts, personally. So buy, sell, or hold on, on Kyle Pitts rest of the way. Oh, man, I guess hold. I mean, yeah, yeah. it just depends on what league you're in and the market, but it's more of a hold. I mean, you certainly can't sell now, but yeah, the Drake London thing is is real. So, I mean, yeah, I think I think you have to to reevaluate or reassess your, your preseason expectations or certainly 
uh, those who had high ones like myself mistakenly, maybe. Yeah. Fair enough. I feel like every fantasy analyst was in on Kyle Pitts, so uh, I don't think you should feel too bad about that one. All right, Dalton and I are going to talk about potentially the next breakout rookie wide receiver right after this quick break. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, we're back. And as promised, let's talk Chris Olave here, Dalton, because the leader in the NFL in air yards and unrealized air yards is indeed Chris Olave. He's seventh in the NFL in air yards share with 45% right now. I'm getting pretty gassed up about Chris Olave, but because uh, I loved him as a prospect. Like, I think he and Garrett Wilson, for me, were like, two three put him you know behind drake london one of those guys like either one of them could be my second receiver i, I like both of them a ton obviously out of ohio state different type of players um like i think chris olave is more of a traditional vertical separator whereas garrett wilson's like that like that freaky layup slot receiver like we talked about but am i getting a little too ahead of myself with with chris olave here because Jameis winston has like four fractured vertebrae in his back or something which or something whatever anyway he's got a, he's got a back thing going on and as i say ain't nobody used to have a bad back so i'm a little concerned about that the rest of the season should i be getting uh am i getting too ahead of myself here with chris olave I am concerned about Winston, but at least they have Andy Dalton, the competent uh, backup oh. there. But yeah, I, you know, I mean, he's, there are worse backups at least. But yeah, yes. no, I yes, the quarterback situation is definitely a concern, as is uh, as are Landry and Michael Thomas uh, and Alvin Kamara eventually returns. But I ranked Olave as a wide receiver three in fantasy terms after last week's eye-opening performance, in which he saw I think twice as much as many air yards as the next highest of the week. I know there some were prayer yards just thrown up by Winston. But still, man, he was a ton of targets, too. So, yeah, playing indoors. Uh, and he's, as you said, you were you loved him as a prospect, too. So, yeah, I'm as a, a wide receiver three. And frankly, I mean, Michael Thomas could suffer an injury. It wouldn't surprise no one soon. And he could just suddenly become a target hog, too. So a lot of upside, too. So, yeah, I'm with you on Olave, man. These these rookie wide receivers, a lot, a lot to be excited about. And I think Jarvis Landry's week one was definitely a fluke. Like, I mean, Pierce his though, yeah. yeah his week two role, I think, is much more what we can expect. Olave ran more routes, et cetera. Like, I think that just is what we're going to see going forward. You know, the Panthers this week. Oh, my God. I saw a stat on um, Matt Rule uh, with the Carolina Panthers. I'm pretty sure he's like, uh, I, I, I'm going to mess it up. But I'm pretty sure he's like one and 18 or one and 17 against like when he when the opposing team scores more than 17 points. That's who Chris Olave and the Saints are playing in week uh, in week number three here. So I'm pretty all in on all my Saints. You know, Carolina's quietly allowed the fewest YPA, just 4.4 through two games. Just two games, but what, for what it's worth, their their defense has allowed the fewest yards per pass attempt by far. Well, I guess in order for the Panthers to win, they have to allow, they have to be really great defensively because if the opposing team scores more than 17 points, <laughs> exactly. they, they lose. <laughs> yep, exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah, I know there are yeah, problems in Carolina for sure. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, my. I, 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 I'm curious if there is one human being on planet Earth that is like, 
still optimistic about Matt Rule or thinks like Matt Rule should be the, the coach of the pan. I, honestly, I wonder if Matt Rule even feels that way sometimes. <laughs> so uh, that it, we'll leave it at that. A um, couple other stat notes here before we preview Thursday Night Football. Oh, boy, what a barn burner. Um, are we underrating Miles Sanders? We did a video segment this morning, Dalton, where I, I talked about him. I kind of feel like it's going under the radar that Miles Sanders is – is getting some pretty awesome usage. He's seventh in the NFL in yards after contact per rush, so he's playing really well. He's got 35 touches to his name through two weeks, and he has three goal line carries too. Um, like that's not the usage we we'd really think he was going to have. And like the only other guys who have more than him at this point are Jamal Williams and uh, Antonio Gibson. A couple of luminaries there, but. I feel like Miles Sanders actually makes for a sneaky fantasy buy because he's probably the cheapest way to get some exposure to an awesome Eagles offense with Jalen Hurts clearly taking yet another step as a player. I think it's 35 touches already, Sanders. Yeah, he may leave the field on on third downs for Gainwell, but yeah, if he gets goal line work uh, with that awesome offensive line, a team the defense looks great. They're gonna be playing with leads. I think Miles Sanders is like top three all time in yards per carry if he qualified. So um, yeah, it looks like uh, fantasy managers, myself included, underrated him at, at draft tables. It looks like a top 20, maybe even top 15 because running backs suck so much. Uh, option yeah. if he can hopefully stay stay healthy. And man, hurts, dude. I'm just really upset at myself. That I made these. I bet on the Eagles. Uh, first of all, to win the Super Bowl, I should have been on the NFC. And Hurst is just right there for the taking. I have my, my number two fantasy QB. My theory on, on the on betting on Lance and Cousins were just it's it's like all quarterback winners of teams that that are first or, or second in, in the conference. And Hurts was long odds, and here he is, and suddenly now he's like third in the MVP voting. So oh, very man. very frustrated at myself for just completely missing something I should have been all over. So yeah, he looks great, man. Those Jalen Hurts uh, for MVP uh, tickets the, the, from like the summer, those are going to be print. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Potentially, yeah. yeah, print fest, man. So, uh, yeah. That's you know who leaves the NFL in rushing just through two weeks? Who? Jalen Barkley. Hurts? Come on. Barkley. No, oh, I'm just saying Barkley. Barkley. Speaking oh, so of wait, season bets here. Yeah, oh, okay. 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 Rushing Football, title. Yeah. Rushing, yeah. yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you're take, you've taken your victory lap, and you should keep taking your victory lap for Saquon Barkley, bro, because I mean, like he he ended up being I, I'm I think I'm gonna be right on Aaron Jones in the long term, but I kept saying oh, yeah, Aaron Jones is the second yeah. second round, the perfect second round pick. The perfect second round pick, which by the way, you could get Stefan Diggs in the second round in a couple times. Oh my god. Um in oh, some man. leagues. Yeah. Oof. Uh they're, they're I just want to say the Barkley round. thing because I was surprised that he was still leading when it looked like he didn't get a yard last week. Sorry, that's that just surprised me because it really looked like he was still still getting stuffed as we speak. The per yeah, the perfect second round pick was indeed Saquon Barkley. He actually leads the NFL in total yards with 236. Uh, Nick Chubb, by the way, number two. Um, so shout out to Nick Chubb. The Browns have certainly not been. I I've definitely faded Nick Chubb in pretty much almost every spot. Um, unless he fell to me, he did fall to me. I think in the Apex Writers League. I think is the one league that I have him in. But that's only because he fell, man. Like, and I I wasn't uh I was not gassed up to take Nick Chubb, but he's been great in fantasy so far. Um, last guy we'll talk about here. Dude, Derrick Henry. I saw this is, again, credit to Andy Barris from his Stat Pack article. Um, Derrick Henry has gained 101 yards after contact so far. It is 34 carries, according to PFF. Andy says that's a notable figure because he's only actually rushed for 107 total yards. Taylor Luan might be out for the rest of the season, their left tackle. Dude, that Titans offense, like I said at the top, okay, the Bills beat two pretty good teams. I don't know how good of a team the, the Titans are and. I mean, Derrick Henry, I, I love Derrick Henry, man. Um, he's 17th in the NFL in total yards with those 107 yards. 
yeah, you, dude, I feel I I am if I have Derrick Henry on a fantasy team and I I don't have him on any team, I'm feeling pretty I'm feeling pretty freaked out about the way the rest of the season is going to look like. Yeah, the last three years entering the season, his PPR point scoring it, it dropped like 33% in losses, and, and the Titans do not look like a great team. He came off the field in third downs, even without Hilliard uh, on Monday night. Um, yeah, playing with the plate and screws in his foot with all that mileage. So it doesn't look great. You mentioned the the injuries, the offensive line. Todd Downing looks like a disaster at offensive coordinator. Um, so uh, yeah, it's not great if you're if you're uh, if you have Derrick Henry on your fantasy teams, things will get better. That was a tough matchup against the Bills. It was super yeah. tough and a playing from behind. But um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a, a tougher battle for him. It's certainly game script wise this season. Bottom six guys in yards before contact per rush attempt here. Cam Akers, LOL, minus 0.22 yards before contact per rush. Rashad Penny. Zero point. Oh my God, Cam Akers is so far <laughs> below everybody else. Uh, zero point zero six yards. Derrick Henry's third at zero point one two yards before contact per uh, per rush attempt. Then Rex Burkhead, Tyrion Davis, Price, and Austin Eckler sixth from the bottom as we discussed yesterday. The Chargers' running game has not quite popped off yet. Um, but there's, I think, there's a lot of hope for for Eckler with the rest of the way. But dude, Derrick Henry, I'm. He's a guy that, like, if I again, if I had him on a team, I would think about like it might be like a sell low moment, but like yeah, sell it might low. be a, with you. I, I, yeah. yeah, get just get out before it gets worse. Honestly, and I feel terrible. I love Derrick Henry. I, you know, he's a great, great dude and everything. Um, but this just, I'm, I'm pretty freaked out about the ecosystem that he is in right now. And then I'll just one thing to final add on that. If you're in a deeper league, certainly a super flex league with the way this season's going, Malik Willis is going to be money come fantasy playoff time because he's going to run and be an immediately QB top 12 fantasy terms. And it looks more and more likely that that's going to be an audition this season. I think so too. I think we'll see more. We already saw Malik Willis. Um, and I, by the way, that's going to, I know that there's obviously some hope for trail on Burks and I, I Burks, Hey, just have him run slants and crosses against zone coverage, and he'll be fine. And that might be literally all he can do right now. Like every time somebody uh, shows a big play of Traylon Burks, like get this guy the ball more. It's always the same freaking route, which is fine. That's like just, but you you can get him on the field doing that. It's I don't know, man. If Malik Willis takes over, it's like I don't know how gassed up we should be about any of these guys in this offense. I mean, not that anybody's gassed up about anyone at this point. So, um, not great, not great for the Titans. Uh, that is for sure. All right, Thursday night football here. Oh boy, what a game. Steelers at Browns. The Browns are four and a half point favorite. The over under is 38 and a half. Dalton, how much longer can the Steelers run Mitch Trubisky out as a starter? Yeah, good question. Not much longer. I don't, I feel like it's, 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 it's ugly and pick it as I 24 years old. Let's see what he can do. I mean, all these empty targets for Johnson and these receivers. I mean, I love to see Pickens out there, you know, playing the snaps, but um, yeah, I, I hopefully, hopefully soon they, they make the switch here because um, what are they doing with Trubisky? It seemed like a loyal franchise and they promised him, uh, you know, a chance of the starting role. But um, yeah, it has not been pretty at all. It's just been more of the same, frankly. It just looks like Big Ben, an older Big Ben back there throwing the ball in the grass. Yeah, it's it's rough, man. Um, I, I think the worst part about it, too, is that, you know, um, Dave Kluge shared the, uh, like, a, I don't know why he did this. I don't know why you, you would want to do this to yourself as a Bears fan, but like posted the posted a video like six you know however many years ago it was on uh, today that Mitch Trubisky had that like six touchdown game against the Bucks, and you know I, I watched the watched the clip of it too and I'm like man Trubisky is like flinging that thing downfield you know like he he's he's playing with some aggression 
he's just not playing like that anymore at this point. Like he looks like a guy out there that's afraid to make a mistake because he knows that like the next mistake could be his last type of thing. Like sometimes we talked about with Jimmy G earlier, like sometimes get that guys get that like second chance. They get another chance to be a starter and they just go out there with like reckless abandon and lay it all out on the line and like whatever. Trubisky looks like this. He's like, I know this is my audition to like get my career back on track. And he doesn't want to mess it up. That's how this offense looks right now. I mean, Deontay Johnson is is probably the only guy you can play from the Pittsburgh passing game with any confidence because he's you know just getting like alpha level work, alpha level air yards, target share, whatever. Like Claypool and Pickens, I think are guys you can drop and feel fine about it unless Pickett takes over and looks really really good. Yeah, right. Uh, Pickens just depends on the size of your league for sure because he could. If he suddenly starts getting the targets, he'll be like one of the guys everyone rushing to, to pick up. But as of now, he's useless. Uh, Fryermuth would be my only pushback because tight end is just so, yeah, so bad. And he is getting the targets. I have him like as my ninth uh, tight end. But man, tight, tight end is just so, so bad. But yeah, this this is uh, like the opposite of last week's Thursday night game. Uh, don't expect much. Um, some injuries. Uh, Smiles Garrett now might be expected to play but yeah this is uh, uh, uh so last week i had a, a 17 parlay and the only loss was the browns money line so but that <laughs> that just took a that took a back seat uh uh compared to my uh trey lance but i'm just thinking having flashbacks to the browns they're tempting in survivor in a week that no yeah. team is more than seven points Harmon last week it could have been a total total epic disaster for me if my uh, survivor uh six million dollar entry was on the broncos if that ended too let me tell you watching nate hackett took off multiple years of <laughs> my life i can't even begin <laughs> to describe the ups and downs of that while at while there were both afternoon games trey lance carted off and then watching Hackett with my survivor life was just quite the sequence uh, of events um but where were we the browns can they can they sorry can the i just can i read can i read off this i because i had this from uh for eckler yesterday we were talking about the broncos but um he was really kind of like wanting to give you know give it some time whatever so i didn't read this off but i have to read this off this this stretch that the broncos had i'm sure you watched it <laughs> four minutes remaining in the third quarter broncos trail the texans dalton del don's houston texans by nine to six denver went for went from a third and one they, like I, it was it was a close one too they call a damn tight end sweep rush attempt andrew beck Andrew Beck, give me a break. Then suddenly they have a long field goal, indecision, delay of game, and then they had to punt it. I mean, that was an that is one of the all-time worst stretches I can remember for a team. It's just I had to read that off because I I I like I found that note yesterday while doing some Broncos research, and that is just absurd. Yeah, McManus easily made the kick too, and it would have been five yards longer. He could have done oh, there. Yeah. I mean, the crowd, the crowd was chanting the, the play clock down because the team had ran out of timeouts with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. The home team. Yeah, it would have been uh yeah, that would have been bad if my Texans had knocked me out. But yeah, that was oh, brutal yeah. watching uh Hackett, man. That guy has a, a few things to learn on his in-game decision making. But do you think the Browns, would you trust them in a in a week with no sure things at all? Not that there's any week of sure things in the NFL, but with no favorites by more than seven points. Uh, on a Thursday night, you know, coming off that disaster or no way. I mean, they're the Browns and, and this is going to be a divisional close game, right? Yeah. I mean, they've beaten the Panthers and lost to the Jets in two weeks. Like yeah. that's that doesn't make me feel great. I don't love Jacoby Brissett going against his defense because, you know, all things considered, this yeah. defense still looks really good. Mac Jones was trying to throw a few more picks than he did <laughs> against this team uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, I, I don't know, buddy. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to have you come on the podcast next week and have uh, lost your survivor ticket to the Jacoby Brissett-led Browns. 
I'm not using the Browns, but it's just something when you're like, I have Nick Chubb ranked as my top five running back. Their defense is my number one defense of yeah. the week. So it's just yeah. something to think about. But no, you're right. I'm not not doing that with uh, the divisional game will probably be close. Not that I care about that in Survivor. You just remember the divisional ones more. The Obviously, all that's priced in. But uh, fantasy terms, yeah, Nick Chubb and then our Yahoo DFS. I mean, he's 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 the guy here. I mean, he's the superstar. Uh, and man, uh, Najee Harris, what's your level of concern with him uh, season long? I mean, the, the volume remains, but the quarterback situation uh, the shakiness remains as well and just battling through that foot injury I mean you have to rank him you know in the 12 to 18th area but man you're not happy if you drafted him early uh no no you're not uh, he's a guy that like I, I've been just dropping down the rankings every single week like I think I was like I said totally out on Nick Chubb I feel like I might rather have Nick Chubb the rest of the season oh, yeah. than Najee Harris yeah I would yeah. oh the yeah. fantasy playoffs you have Deshaun Watson there too that offensive line Nick Chubb is so good if he starts getting the goal line carries that's what was key you know the three touchdowns last week and if you don't give those to Hunt then yeah he doesn't even need the targets I mean he's an argument he's the best running back in football yeah and Brissett has been like whatever he's been about what you'd expect so far uh, the, the thing that has been a little disappointing is the defense actually I think the Browns defense hasn't been quite as good like their communication issues on the back end are pretty problematic but they still have Jadevian Clowney and Miles Garrett when healthy up front like they'll be all right so uh, man I, I don't know this game's gonna be rough to watch I, but it, luckily I feel like from a fantasy angle we know who to start like uh, last question here on the Browns I feel like David Njoku is firmly out of the circle of trust. Like he's he's a guy you're probably dropping for other players at this point at tight end, which good luck with that. You knew what you're getting into with the David Njoku business um, that you might be looking for another option around week three. Um, but Amari Cooper, is he back in the circle of trust after a pretty awesome game against the Jets? But I mean, my thing with Amari Cooper is that he's a volatile player, a volatile producer, and like he has the week one game and then the week two game. And that kind of looks like the Amari Cooper show, I think. I like how you're taking a shot at yourself and myself there with Njoku. Yes. Didn't we both have him ranked disgustingly yes. high? Yes, I mean, we just, did. Oh, bad, man. You know who's the best tight end pick right now, it looks like, is Tyler Higby. I mean, is he going to be the I number know, two yeah. pass catcher on the Rams and just be a, a top three? I mean, who's going to score more fantasy points this week, him or, or Pitts? I mean, I mean, I think he has a higher <laughs> floor right now. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Cooper, yeah, went from... We talk about his lack of target share throughout his career, and then he suddenly, you know, week two, he just really dominated. So nice to see him, and and uh, Peoples-Jones took a step, uh, you know, a back seat. So, yeah, Cooper is now back to a wide receiver three type area with Brissett. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, probably not tr probably not trying to start him in this game, though. Um, I feel I like Deontay no. Johnson's the only pass catcher I feel really good about starting, and I'm, a, I'm with you on Friar Muth. Like, he's definitely a, a guy that is an answer at tight end in a landscape where there is just not a lot of answers. All right. That's going to do it for us. Dalton, what, what, what you got coming up this week for the people to check out besides uh, your, your tears about Trey Lance and tears about your survivor pool as yeah. well. Sit, start column Friday. Also my bust column comes out uh, Thursday, but just thank you for letting me uh, go through some <laughs> therapy here. I appreciate, appreciate Harmon. Thanks, man. Hey man, that's what we're here for, buddy. Um, I'm sure. I just I hope the hope for the best for Trey Lance and hope for the best for you, pal, and hope for the best for all you people out there in your fantasy teams as we head into week three. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, follow the at Yahoo fantasy account for jokes and fun through every NFL game. If you like the show, please, please leave us a five star review on whichever podcast platform you're listening on. It would go a long way to helping the show, especially as we're, you know, in the thick of the season now at this point uh, with me, uh, you know, and Dalton and the boys having a ton of fun. If you don't like the show, again, tweet directly at me, give me your negative feedback and we'll agree to disagree. Here's something exciting. The next episode of the podcast tomorrow, Tank Williams 
will join the show to help me preview the week three games. That's going to be absolutely electric. Until then, we are out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.